We trying to behave ourselves on the story, but y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little uh, extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you kids, tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey everybody, it's your girl Claudia Jordan. It's Wednesday and we are back with a brand new episode of TGIF. Of course, we're going to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and on social media and, uh, you know, have lots of fun doing it. Now sit back, relax, get you something to drink and get ready for this hot tea. All right, please welcome our first co-host, Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? What's going on? What's going on, Claudia? I see you're in Dallas. I'm shocked. Oh, I'm in Dallas. Yeah, I'm cooking tonight. I got some crab and some scallops Uh-oh. and some shrimp in there and some some yellow rice. I said before the show, when y'all are in Dallas, I'm going to cook for y'all because I know Q don't really believe that I can cook. So I want to prove him. <laughs> I want him to see this. I want him to see <laughs> this. What's up, Q? I suck at co-host, Funky Dineva. What's good? What's going on? You know, it, it's funny. My sick twisted brain, all I heard Claudia says, I got crabs. <laughs> not already Q. Did it then when she carried on? I was like, oh, okay. Imagine if I just said that, like with the straight face. <laughs> oh no. Well, listen, we all don't have the crabs before, so it ain't nothing to be ashamed of. Wow. You say it so like we've all had water. We've all had crabs. Right. If, if if anybody over the age of 35 is sexually active and saying they ain't never had crabs, they lying. Especially if they was having sex between their teenage years and their college years. And Claudia, um, you Claudia, you get ready to tell a lie. <laughs> I'm about to go to the chat. And if you've had crabs, throw up a crab emoji in the chat. If it's as common as Q things, if you've had crabs, throw some crab emojis in the chat. And if you've had no crabs, Give me thumbs down. I want to see something real quick. Look at there and they're like, crabs? Crabs? <laughs> what y'all drinking on tonight with your crabs? I'm drinking um, Publix. We got a new lemonade, uh, tropical lemonade. So, you, you know, because I don't drink or do drugs. I'm trying to buy <laughs> my better self. So I'm drinking tropical Publix lemonade tonight. So cute. Since you don't drink and do drugs, what were you what were you doing last night? Drinking and doing drugs? <laughs> no. I was trying to save souls down at the bar. I was trying to save them and, and tell them that there's a better way. Got it. By showing them. Pastor Dineva. Is this a new thing we're gonna have? <laughs> I'm trying to get a spin-off and be an Iyanda. So oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of thumbs down. I have seen no crabs in the chat this yet. So no. Oh, one crab, 1998. Okay. They don't have. They don't. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Oh, oh, Al, what you drinking on? Oh, I'm I'm just having tea. I'm I, I'm not drinking tonight. Hold on, and you call Al said they lying. So Al, you had crabs too. <laughs> I, I ain't by myself. I'm, I'm not by myself with this, am I? <laughs> Look, no answer. He's laughing. Right. No answer is an answer. Go ahead to the top. Oh, let's get into it. <laughs> All right. Last night, Angela Yee tweeted, uh, she's leaving the Breakfast Club. Yee will depart the show later in the year to host her own nationally syndicated daily radio show called Way Up with Angela Yee. Now, uh, people on social media are speculating there could be drama happening behind the scenes after DJ Emmy posted a video scanning his badge at work with the caption, It works. Angela Yee replied to his video with, for now. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. What are your thoughts on Angela Yee 
leaving the breakfast club and DJ Envy's uh, post. You know what, Q? You giving radio fish of the last six months. So let's yeah. go to you first, radio dude. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm a firm believer that uh, one in the hand is better than two in the bush. I hate, you know, they, they have such a successful show. If it was me personally and we were all getting along and I'm sure they're making a whole lot of money, like I, I don't know that I would be so quick to want to venture off because if it's working, why break it? But based on what's going on with the mind work, so let, let's let, let's unpack that. He said mind work, which implies hers didn't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then she said for now. So it definitely sounds like some drama is going on. I love Angela Yee. I know she's in the lip service uh, pod, podcast space right now. Uh, I just question, though, alone, does she have what it takes to carry a national show, considering the fact that we've known her for 12 years as part of an ensemble? But I wish her the best. Okay. Al, what do you think about this? You know, I, 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 I was really excited by this. And, and the lesson that I got from this announcement was a closed mouth doesn't get fed. Angela Yee shared with us that when she came to Breakfast Club, she made it very clear to the bosses at iHeart that her ultimate goal is to have her own show. And because she was so persistent about that, and because she was able to get a number of black females to follow her on that very successful podcast, Lipstick uh, Lip Service, um, she's proven to them that she has the ability to carry her own show. And, and I think that's amazing. She is now joining the likes of a Martha Stewart, a Will Ferrell, and a Steve Harvey, all who have their own shows on iHeartRadio. And I think she should be commended for that. Um, but at all, if I'm really honest, it's it's about time. You see that uh, Charlemagne the God is doing some the God is doing some amazing things. He's he's spreading his wings in the talk space, um, and I think the Breakfast Club has run its course. But when I think of stories like this, Claudia and Q, I reflect on our podcast. I reflect on this show, and I strongly feel that it's our time to fill those spaces that are going to be left open in the talk space we are a very unique show we have some of the best fans there's no other show on any other platform like tgif and that is because of fox soul believing us um and we're two men and one woman which is a formula that has been working for over a decade in the talk space so hey i'm just saying and we're doing amazing numbers and we don't even have guests this may be our time y'all okay i'm i'm, I'm all I'm all for it. And, know, and to add to that, Wendy left a void and the real is gone as well, too. So there definitely is a void in, in this area, in this genre. Honestly, I think there's room. I think TJF and, and cocktails with all these uh, different openings, like you said, y'all said, the real and Wendy, people have been asking for it for a long time. And I think we're the natural choice. Now, back to Angela, um, as We've had conversations about women in radio and the position you have to take. There's a lot of women that are on big shows with big male personalities or male lead. It's not a very happy place for women. I'm going to tell you why. A lot of times your job is to be the woman, the person that laughed at the joke of the lead man. And a lot of times they don't want to hear your opinion as much. It's almost like just shut up and laugh at my jokes. Um, you hear comments like, 
um, there's only one comedian here, or you're not here for that, or don't speak during sports, or don't speak during this, and just do the gossip. And as good of a job that was, and I would take it in a second, I, I love that show. I could see if you, she started off headlining her own show with satellite radio, and then got on The Breakfast Club, then is going back to what she started it. And I could see, you know, feeling a little stifled. And now she gets to be one of the very few women uh, that lead a morning radio show. I believe it's Dee Dee in the morning, Angela Yee. And I don't know of, of any other women that are leading nationally syndicated daytime morning radio shows. That's the marquee show of any station. So good job, Angela Yee. Uh, Angela Yee. Oh, I sound like, um, what's his name? Webby? Andrew Carl, yeah. No. <laughs> no, remember the guy that was doing the, the, the drop for them, the breakfast company, couldn't, Charlemagne, he couldn't say Charlemagne and Angela Yee? Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, no. it's so funny. All right, but congratulations, Angela Yee. And the Breakfast Club will continue to be fine. I mean, Charlemagne and V, they're going to do fine. And I, I, that, I see a lot of people trying to get that position. And I saw those numbers, and I don't believe those numbers for those pay. That pay, I'm just going to say that. All right, moving on. Following his split from Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson is reportedly in trauma therapy because of Ye's, Kanye's online bullying. <clears throat> a source close to Pete said the attention and negativity coming from Kanye and his antics is a trigger for Pete. And he's had to seek out help. Now, if you remember earlier this week, Ye posted a doctored image that read Skeet Davidson dead at age 28 after Kim and Pete's breakup was confirmed. What are your thoughts on this story? And um, Al, I want to start with you. Uh, can I just say, it appears Kim Kardashian loves men who battle with mental issues. I mean, I'm just starting to believe it because we know that Kanye was diagnosed with bipolar disorder in 2016 after being hospitalized for a psychiatric emergency. We know that Pete Davidson was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder at the same time, like in 2016, or no, his was 2017. Um, as it relates to Kanye's antics though, as it relates to Pete Davidson, especially the one where he said Pete had AIDS, I just think that it's getting old, Kanye. It's childish, it's immature, and it's borderline criminal behavior. You know, so in this case, even though you guys know I always support a wealthy black man, I commend Pete Davidson for seeking help for his mental uh, challenges. Okay, good points. Q, what do you think? Pete full of S-H-I-T. Pete is pulling a damn Karen. I'm sorry. The word adult and cyberbullying are not allowed to be used in the same sentence because as an adult, if you're looking at your Instagram and it's triggering you, stop looking at it. You know what I'm saying? It literally is that simple. Now, when you're talking about 12-year-olds and kids in junior high school, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, that is their life. Not to mention Pete, Kanye, yeah, he was the aggressor, but you got down in the mud as well. It was throwing your subliminals and throwing back. Now, now, now all of a sudden, you break up with Kim, and now you so distraught that you in therapy for cyberbullying. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for any adult person talking about their being cyberbullied because logging on to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is a choice that you don't have to make. Mm. I don't know. I've, I've, I've felt it. Yeah. I, I had to say with my page before because it was so horrible. One time they started harassing my net. But you heard what you said. Stay off your page. 
Right. If it's, hurt, if it's but it's not that you, easy. It's not that easy when page. you make your money. You make Claudia. I'm sure Claudia makes a lot of money off her page. <laughs> All the business that she gets and does. If she stay off her page, she might miss an opportunity. So I wouldn't say that that be the answer. Pete make his money from Pete make his money from Saturday Night Live. Stay off. He's not on Saturday Night Live anymore. Well, wherever the hell he worked, McDonald's <laughs> as the manager. To stay off the damn Instagram. Uh, but can you imagine, Q, if someone posted that you were dead and, and how that would make your family feel and how you feel if you're like, could you could, do, do all you got to let me. Tell you, and, and I'm going to tell you the reason why I, I it's hard for me to have sympathy for this. Uh-huh. Go on YouTube right now and type in Funky Dineva. You will find over 200 videos of people saying I have AIDS. I am a crackhead. I am the, the, the most nastiest, vile things have been said about me, and I have been able to weather the damn storm. So no, I don't feel I don't feel sorry for rich people who have cyberbullying because I'm gonna tell you what I do. Every time somebody posts a nasty ass video or comment about me, I go in my closet, I look at all my fabulous Gucci, I look at my schedule and how it's clear and how I get to lay up on my ass all day and do nothing. I look at my pictures of my boats my boat trips and my lavish dinners. And I say, mm, I w- I'd much rather be me being talked about and cyber bullied than them. So no, I'm not buying it. I feel you, I, but I've also been extremely beat down. Like when it's, when your yeah. character and stuff that me people too. start really, I, there's some things that you just can't run from that people really like it's, it sticks, right? And it's like, it becomes almost your narrative. Um, I, I think Pete needs counseling. I don't know if he needs counseling for this. I think he needs counseling just for life period because he's, he's had his issues all right y'all um this story i want to know what y'all think is getting heated in the streets now this week fat joe called out irv Gotti over comments he made on drink champs about ashanti let's take a look when you keep ranting about somebody 20 years later it felt like he's not over the the young lady right Now, uh, Gotti was not happy about Fat Joe's comments and questioned their friendship in an interview. Irv Gotti said, he fooled me. He's not my friend. What do you think about the situation? Uh, Q, let's start with you. Listen, everybody has the right, the, the right to their opinion. I mean, hell, we're an opinion show giving our opinion about people's business. But I really feel like Fat Joe should have just mind his business. And I think, you know, yes, he's correct. This is 20 years ago, but let's not forget it was maybe less than a year ago, Ashanti got a hold of her masters again, and she decided she was going to re-record all of her music, thus cutting Irv Gotti out of the income stream that was once her album. So I'm pretty sure that is what has Ashanti at the forefront of Irv's mind 20 years later, not no relationship from 20 years ago. Mm, okay, Al, what do you think? I don't, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. I think the reason why she's top of talk and 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 definitely on Drink Champs is because he's got his documentary coming out on BET. Uh, what is it called? Murder Inc. Story. So it only makes sense that he goes, he does press, he finds something controversial to talk about, something that's probably dated, but that's going to get pickup and traction and coverage in other media outlets, and that's exactly what happened here. Now, one thing that I do like 
Fat Joe, you he gonna always defend Remy Ma, and he's gonna always defend Ashanti. And that I did like about what Fat Joe had to say, because he did step up to the plate for those two, I mean, for that woman. Now, one thing I didn't agree with, though, is Fat Joe said that he, he didn't know that, that they were in a relationship together. Now, when I, I threw Ashanti a birthday party at YSL, the store in New York City in about 2004, maybe it was 2005. Pause and, one second. So, Claudia, now his ass is a damn party planner. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hold on. I'm a brand strategist. So I worked with the YSL brand to bring more African-Americans to the brand. Be clear. So I threw a party to bring more coverage of the brand doing associations with African-American outlets regardless we had gail king another number of celebrities came and irv Gotti came with ashanti's reason why i'm telling the story and they were very much to me what i was seeing a couple in fact at the shopping experience and at her birthday party he purchased her a hundred thousand dollar um fur coat so for him to say was it tacky what he says does is it tacky for him to bring up their entanglement at this time Absolutely. But Irv Gotti's been doing this a long time. He knows exactly what to say and when to say it to get coverage, especially with his documentary launching on BT. Like make it you have enough interesting things with your company to not have to drag Ashanti who bothers absolutely nobody. You never hear Ashanti in any mess. She don't talk trash to nobody. She leaves everybody alone. She just goes on vacations with a mystery mate and posts beautiful pictures on boats. You never hear her saying things. I, I thought it was sad because uh, We've all had people that we messed with 20 years ago. Imagine them going on radio shows and talking about it. I hit that and then I gave you a best hit and you'd be nothing without me. I think it's whack. I, I hope they, I hope it stops. And good luck with the documentary. All right, quick commercial break. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to TGIF. Let's get back into it. Now, uh, according to sources, uh, Monday's FBI search at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate was related to an investigation into Trump's potential mishandling of classified documents. A day after the search, Hillary Clinton responded with a tweet promoting merchandise with the phrase, but her emails, which has become the sarcastic response among supporters to Trump's many scandals. Hillary tweeted, every but her emails hat or shirt sold helps onward together partners defend democracy, build a progressive bench and fight for our values. Just saying, um, I love it. What are your thoughts on what appears to be shade from Hillary? Al, what do you think about this as a brand strategist? I, I, I just think it's dumb. It's 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 missed marker. This is the very reason Hillary Clinton is not the sitting president of the United States right now. Like, I'm sorry. I mean, I feel the way that she addressed this by creating a hat just doesn't make any sense. When she was running for president against him in 2016, this email situation was already put to rest and Donald Trump brought it back up during the campaign in order to basically turn the tide. And, and many people argued that it was because of this is the reason why she lost that campaign to Donald Trump. Donald Trump knows exactly what to do to put a question mark in people's minds on someone's integrity, right? And he went low, he hit below the belt. This is your time, Hillary, to jump in that ring and hit below the belt, not freaking create a hat. You and your husband, you guys are probably, your influence, let's just put it that way, their influence, her and her husband, are two of the biggest names in dip democratic politics. Campaign to have this criminal disqualified for ever being able to run for, for president again. Do something like that, not create a hat. 
and going to donate the proceeds to a charity, go in there and get that man that ruined your life. That's what I would have done if I was her. Okay. All right. Keith, what do you think? Uh-uh. I mean, I beg to differ. I love every moment of it because obviously Hillary's not trying to run for president anymore. Her and her kitten heels, they can't make the, tramp, the campaign trail. See, she didn't lose about them emails. She lost because of them damn kitten heels and them lesbian suits she was wearing. <laughs> okay, looking like Lori Lightfoot with kitten heels on. That's why she lost the election. But th- this is so funny and petty to me because it's a touche moment. Trump drove home them Benghazi emails. By the way, I don't even know where the hell Benghazi at. I don't even know who Benghazi is. I don't know if it's a place or a person. But he kept bothering her about Benghazi. And so I get it. She's saying, you bothered me about hiding hard drives. But Negro, you walked out with whole boxes out the White House. Look at the pot calling the kettle black. Aha, your turn. But about her emails, I'm all for her level of petty. Man, that that's passive aggressive. That was silly to me. He ruined your life. He ruined your life and he hit below the belt. Get down in the dirt. The Democrats, if we want to get this presidency back, if we want to win again in a couple of years, we've got to fight them the way they fight us. I'm sorry, this, but not the emails, is not the answer. But do you think it's not her acting the same way he acts? I'm going to jump in in here. I'm going to jump in here real quick. I think Hillary Clinton from 10, 15 years ago would never have done this. Okay, she's a respect. She listen. Say what y'all want about the kitten heels and the image. I'm not with the image as well either. I think she could have done better. But but if you ever watch documentaries on Hillary Clinton, this woman has paid major dues and was one of the most qualified people to ever run for president. Period. Period. And I, a lot of sexism went into why that she did not get. A lot of women did not vote for her and support her. And people thought, oh, she's annoying. Whatever. Okay. Um, this woman should have been president. I think she's reading the political. Uh, the climate and never in a million years would a Donald Trump be able to win with this pettiness. And so I think she's thinking about fighting fire with fire. From what I heard, she didn't just start putting this email, this, this merch out. She's had this merch for a little while. So I think she's like, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. I speak about the election. I'm bitter. I don't speak about the election. I should do more. I think she's fighting fire with fire. She's reading the tea leaves. Look at all the petty people that are out there. Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. They are extremely petty and successful. Marjorie Taylor Greene, extremely petty and successful. The, the old way of doing things is not working. They don't want these classy people anymore because people are ratchet and they want entertainment over, over politics. In my opinion, my opinion. Mm-hmm. What I, think. I like it. I like how petty she went. The Democrats needed to bend get petty. Play their game. Okay, well, sometimes we agree to disagree on the show, and that's what makes this show great. All right, now in a teaser for an upcoming Drink Champs episode, and then the news a lot, Neo shared details about an interesting interaction he once had with Ice-T's wife, Coco. Watch this clip. So I walked up to him and I was like, bro, all due respect, uh, I've wanted to squeeze Coco's ass for a really long time. And he said, you know what, and I'm just the kind of pimp to let you do it. Well, are y'all surprised? And what do you guys make of this? Who wants to go first? Please, whoever. I mean. I I hope that this episode of Drink Champs was pre-recorded prior to the, the divorce news with him and Crystal coming out. Because if so, this just adds more fuel to an already ugly fire. That's your image right now. 
Um, additionally, I'm one of those people that like, well, we have private moments as like friends or family when we kind of doing things that we shouldn't be doing, that they should stay private. Um, I, I, I don't know if Ice-T appreciates this, but then again, he let another man grab on Coco's butt, so maybe he don't care. But I just think it was in poor taste for him to share that. How about you share some of your business, how you were sleeping with them unprotected women for, for in exchange for money? Um, or, you know, that's more interesting than you smacking Coco butt. Let's talk about some of them butts you smacked that you paid for, allegedly. Al, what do you think about... <laughs> Let me ask you, let me ask you a different question. Al, would you let Neo grab the butt of a lady you were dating or married to? Uh, I, I, don't, mm, I don't think, well, mm, I don't know. But, you know, I can't tell you uh, what. What, you thinking about I it? can't, well, this is a deal. I, this is a deal. Like, Coco and Ice-T have a different type of marriage and relationship. And she's talked about this very openly on what happened live with Andy Cohen, where she said, you know, she's she's a slave to her man and she submits to her husband. So she does what her husband asks her to do uh, in and out of the bedroom. And so we know from Neo's situation, he went to Ice-T and asked. And Ice-T is the one that gave him the okay to touch her ass. In fact, Ice-T leaned over and whispered into her ear and told her what uh, Neo said and, and, and gave her the okay to let it happen if she was interested. And so, you know, they don't have a traditional relationship. And maybe that's why they've been together and successfully together for 20 years. On Howard Stern, Ice-T said that he and his wife, have the, the, the secret to them being together is that they don't have normal sex. They have jungle sex. They do all types of inciting things to keep each other engaged and in tune sexually with each other. So, hey, who am I to judge uh, why or, or, or what he allowed Neo to do? Maybe that turns her home. Maybe it, when she went home that night, she let Ice-T have it with some good sex. It's just weird that someone would want to let Neo grab their butt. You know what I mean? I don't know. Are you trying to say Neo is unattractive or something? No, I just, I don't, he's like the R&B, you know, wedding song guy, like, you know, pretty songs. I just don't see him as this, ooh, I need Neo to grab my butt. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that. And then my husband to allow it. But hey, if it works for Coco and, and I see then so, you know, hey, that's that's on them and it keeps them happy. They've actually been looking very happy for many years. It's just a bad timing for Neo when it's coming out with that divorce. And you want us to respect your privacy at this time and let your family deal with this in private. But then you're on Drink Champs talking about that one that one time at band camp where I got to grab Ice-T's butt. <laughs> Are we 15? If that's, it's giving college boy frat, like, oh, I touched someone's butt. It was useless information and we could have all gone to our grave without knowing. <laughs> I thought it was hot. And he didn't grab a butt, he grabbed a handful of plastic, but that's a whole nother story. You know what? So <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna not be involved right now. We're gonna move on. Recently during an interview, uh, Kevin Gates made um how we feel he made it clear how he feels about the Black Lives movement. Uh Gates said, I don't support Black Lives Matter because who do they matter to? He continued, we kill each other every day. We talk about each other all day. You know who talks about me the most on the internet? N-words. What are your thoughts on what Kevin Gates said? Let's start with you, Q. What do you think? You know, oh, God. I wish that we would stop asking our street rappers to speak on sociopolitical issues. 
I just do it because they have such a platform and then they have people who vibrate on the same level that they do intellectually who run with the things that they say as gospel. Two things can be true at the same time. Yes, Kevin Gates, we do have an internal issue in the Black community about killing each other, period, hard stop. There's also an issue with us being targets from the greater world. So Black Lives Matter is necessary. I wish that his thoughts would have been a bit more robust and a bit more uh, intellectually sound before he just rattled off something so reckless. Okay, okay, got it. Al, what do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with Q on that. So I like, like Q said, I get what he's saying, but I wish he didn't say it the way he said it because Kevin Gates, I hate to tell you, but the Black Lives Matter movement has nothing to do about an individual person. It doesn't have nothing to do with private attacks or character assassination on you and how you move in these streets. The Black Lives Matter movement is an international activist movement against systemic racism and violence, but, to, but against all Black people. And there's a difference between what your personal experience is with a few black people because you're famous or in the neighborhood you come from and this international movement against a systemic racism that exists across the world against men and people of color. Those are 100% not the same, but contextually, I do get what you're saying. I'm gonna say this. Um, the majority of black people are fantastic people our God-fearing people, our solid people. Black folks are actually really conservative when it comes to their values, as far as you know, wanting to get, wanting to get married, wanting to go to church, wanting to raise families. They just want to be left alone and be able to earn an honest living. The few rotten apples in our community that make us look bad, it's crazy that the rest of us get described by these rotten apples. So when people mess up, um, they're the minority amongst us, not the majority. So yes, Black Lives Matter does matter. And the people that Kevin Gates speaks of, yes, they exist, but they're not the majority. I don't have any killers in my circle. I have nobody that murders people in my life. I don't have anyone like that in any of my, like my friends' friends. We're not living like that. We are Black people that support each other, that, that support Black businesses, that work for Black companies, that work for, that promote Black shows, that are pro-Black, that love our, our, our families. The people he's speaking of, don't let those people hijack a good idea. Don't let them do it. And I think black folks, we let white folks in the media paint us all with the same brush. Oh, there go them. They scamming, so they're all bad. Or that's why I don't rock with them. No, there are bad apples ruining the narrative, but the majority of black people are good people that just want to be left alone to make a living. So with that being said, I still support Black Lives Matter, not the scammers but the ones that have the messaging correct. All right, y'all, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to TGIF Soulmates. I see y'all in the chat showing much love to tonight's show. And I just wanna say, we really support and love y'all and love y'all for supporting us. So thank you so much. Like I really, like we really, really rock with y'all. Y'all are hilarious. All right, y'all, listen, uh, credit is super important. And um, I just got a car recently and I was so impressed with how much lower my interest rate was because I've been protecting my credit and that's why this is really important. Now look, the three week rule may be the best financial advice ever, 
Now, what is a three-week rule? Well, wait three weeks to buy that new car, wait three weeks to refinance your home mortgage, and wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Now, why three weeks? Well, because that's how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score by an average of 61 points. Now, listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands of dollars on everything we finance. ScoreMaster technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score faster and higher than you ever thought possible. Now, ScoreMaster is so easy. It takes about a minute to get started, and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. Now, how many points can you add to your credit score? Be sure to visit scoremaster.com slash T for the special seven-day trial I got for you. That's scoremaster.com slash T. Once again, scoremaster.com slash T. I promise you, you will be on top of your credit. And like I said, my car would have been about $400 more if I didn't have my credit in checking over that mark that I was aiming for. And that's thanks to ScoreMaster. So thank you so much for keeping me on point. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick commercial break back with more tea with the fellas right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. So Q just sent us a little, a little, a little tweet that we can't talk about on the, on the air, but um, I'm sure you'll, uh, Post on your page, maybe. I will. I'll post it on my. I mean, I'm gonna post it on my page right now. Okay. Oh That's hilarious. Oh Lord. Okay. Again, shout out to the chat. They going hard for us tonight. All right. Listen. Uh, Kirk, Kirk and Rashida recently shared their thoughts on the importance of transparency when it comes to their relationship. Take a look at this clip from the shade room. There's learning lessons in everything that happened, and I, I learned that some years back, <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, I think it's real important to really understand that because you have, there, when, when things happen for you, everything that happens for you can't be good because then what the hell are you gonna learn, you know? Right. So at the end of the day, own it, walk the walk, deal with things the best way you can, find a way that you can channel to block out the negative. Mm. All right, okay, what are your thoughts on what you had to say, Al? <laughs> I, I like some Rashida. I really do like Rashida and Kurt and we've seen them and their journey. And, and I think she's right. I think being transparent has definitely revitalized both of their careers. It's put a lot of money in their pockets. Rashida has been able to start a cosmetic line. She has an online clothing store. She's been able to open up boutiques in malls because of her transparency. She's been able to buy properties. I've seen online where they're buying properties in foreign countries. And they even at one time had a restaurant. So her transparency and Kurt's transparency has paid off very well for them and for Kurt, he he has a record label now, um, and he does consulting work with licensing and placement with music companies. Hey, thumbs up for their transparency. I like them too. I've been watching this show, Love and Hip Hop, in uh, 22 years of marriage. So they know something that we don't. Um, Q, look at that look on your face. Let's, let, let me just take my sip before you stop oh, talking. Know, right? <laughs> like... This is the part of my job, of this job that I hate, right? Because it's when celebrity news intersects personal relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I have a choice to make in this situation. Do I toe the line and say what's supposed to be said because it's nice and it's bubbly and it goes along with, with the show? Or am I supposed to say what I know? Say what you know. You know what I'm saying? But then in saying what I know that jeopardizes relationships 
so on and so forth. So this is what I'm going to say. Hmm. I respect Rashida and Kurt for the transparency in relation to the parts of their marriage that they showed on the television show that were actually real. And um, you can miss me with the other parts that were fabricated and made up storylines that were drastically made up storylines. And like I just have to do, I just have to deal out, deal with the fallout of me saying that, but. What was, what was made up? I'm not, I'm not going to reveal, but. Was the side baby story true? In my opinion and, and, and the things that were made up in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to get into it. Okay. Were you going to text us in the group chat? <laughs> Send us some pictures. <laughs> I'll text you in the group chat. I mean, if we can see naked pictures of you drunk and Al in the Speedo, we can definitely get this to you in our group chat. Oh, cut it out. Okay. I'll be looking for that story. All right. Well, best of luck to them both. And I think she's one of the prettiest uh, ladies on, on reality TV. I really do. Okay. Now, social media had a lot to say about the outfit uh, Danny Glo- Donald Glover wore to Beyonce's Renaissance party. One person wrote, I'm going to assume it's laundry day. Another person wrote, was there a theme? Was there a costume party? And another, am I strange for thinking the worst part of this outfit is the shoes? What do y'all think about Glover's outfit? Was it hot or not? Al, you're a fashionistro. What do you think about? uh... (laughs) I think, you know, because because it was a theme party i think it's i think because it was a theme party there are two things we know here um donald uh glover has always been eclectic in his style so even when he is not in a theme party something's always just a little bit different right but this was a theme party so we're, we're we got 70 dance theme we have studio 54 we got disco do you guys remember back in the day staying alive staying alive you know th- though you know the I don't know. I just felt like <laughs> that he he did exactly. He understood the assignment. I thought that everything looked like it did from Studio 54 days. <laughs> I just feel like that he's only getting pushback because he's a straight black male and the clothes were a little feminine leaning. That mess looked about as bad as when Lizzo had on them crooked panties and that purple crap. <laughs> <laughs> she wore to Rihanna Rihanna party. Al, you so full of SHIT and you try to talk so eloquently and trying to fluff it up. Al trying to be everybody's friend. He don't want to make he right, want to be right, for all the parties. Right, right. Oh okay, now listen, I get that it was a theme party. I get that. I respect that. But can we execute the theme a little better? I mean, he borrowed Lizzo crooked panties. He had those on. <laughs> He had on a fishnet um, leotard leotard with Donna Summer cape on. And it's the construction boots for me. Like, quiet as it's kept. He'd have been better off. Those are Lori Piani boots. They're cashmere boots. That, listen, they could have been they could have been zebra pony fur for all I care. <laughs> they, they, the quiet as it's kept. Why you bored? He would have been better off pulling the Derrick J and putting some heels on. That would have set the outfit off, not the boots. The outfit was already a mess, okay? The boots made it even worse. I would have rather him put on Hillary Clinton kidney heel. (laughs) Let me tell you something. If you're going to set it off in front of the Gros, and if you're going to walk in and let the Gros have it, then let the girls have it. No, Q, he's a straight man. He's not letting the girls have it. 
Well, then why did he borrow Lizzo Crooked Pants <laughs> with his chest out and a shawl wrapped around <laughs> So it's giving me real non-gender binary um, <laughs> this week. This is America. <laughs> That's all I got to say on that. I'm going to just keep it shut. Frank Ocean! Has been. <laughs> Here we go. Another one. Maybe they were quiet as it's Alfred Donald had on him and Frank Ocean probably was dates to the party. I can't with you today. As Al said, he's a straight black man. And maybe he's borrow Lizzo panties. <laughs> a crooked panties. <laughs> it had on a white fishnet leotard. Child. He listen, he could have went and got a cat suit. It's the Lizzo panties for me. <laughs> I like how we try to butch it up with those kind of like boots. Like he butched it up a little bit, right? He, he tried to give Timberlands a little bit. Right. Okay, well, I'm gonna move on to the Frank Ocean story. Okay, he's been promoting his newest accessory, a $25,000 sex toy. The toy is a diamond-encrusted ring for an area of the male genitals. The ring was made up of uh, 18-karat yellow gold with an array of princess-cut diamonds. What are your thoughts on uh, this? And are you guys interested in buying a sex toy? I could totally see Al, like, wearing something like this. (laughs) Let me go ahead and start this way. First of all, it's a cock ring. Funky Dineva. What is a cock ring used for? To um, help engorge your penis even larger and keep the blood flow. And people who have erectile dysfunction oftentimes use it to help them stay hard. And people who can get hard use it to make it even bigger. And the rubber ones that vibrate are really (laughs) amazing and effective and they actually give pleasure to both partners. That's what I heard allegedly. I don't know. Al? I know you probably wearing one right now. God, <laughs> Al got a cock ring on right now. He looks like, look at him. He all red. <laughs> Al, you wearing one right now? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Not one right now. You've worn I, one? I've, I've worn a cock ring before, though. Can you I have to. But my thing is, with that being gold, I'm just questioning the logistics of it. Like, because, you know, with the rubber ones, you can fold it and and do a figure eight and put the testicles in it and do it. And, and, and if you're not big enough, you can double roll it like a rubber band. Like a <laughs> so that, I mean, I guess that you would have to go to like Zares or K Jewelers and get measured because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. it's gold. And last time I checked, gold wasn't flexible or adjustable. No, you don't have no, no, no. Remember, he said it was XXL, so it's it's pretty. It's a significant size. You just have to, you just have to do a little bit of work to get everything through that hole for oh, the cock ring. Everyone that talks about that, let me let me just go before we go to commercial, okay? Why does every man that talks about his penis, uh, you know, publicly, it's always a double XL. Like, it's always this ridiculous, like, it's this huge size. I just want to just put that out there before we go to commercial break. Y'all all can't be kangs. Y'all ain't slaying. We're going to take a quick commercial break before we get canceled. We'll be back with more after the break. Bye.
Welcome back to TGIF. Sorry, we had to cut that segment short. We don't know how to behave when it's about anatomy. So, all right, moving on. Uh, recently during an interview with the Bootleg Kev podcast, Saucy Santana shared his thoughts on the misconception of the use of the word pause. And if he thinks it's a homo- it's homophobic when heterosexual people use the term around the gay community. Saucy Santana said, no, not to me. One thing about gays, gays are sometimes we're extra sensitive because how we're looked down at and thrown to the wayside or considered bottom of the barrel. He continued, gays are always on the defense. But to me, that's not offensive. You call me something crazy outside my name is offensive. But pause, it's cool. Q, what are your thoughts on what Saucy said? You know, I love, I, I, just really quickly, the, the guy that asked the question, he posed the question to Saucy Santana. But at the root of that question, he needed to pose it to other heterosexual men. The example he used is if his boy is at the sandwich shop saying, let me get extra meat on that sandwich. Pause. That ain't offensive to us as gays. That's more a demonstration of toxic masculinity and why y'all can't eat a banana or suck an ice cream cone or say, can I get extra meat on my sandwich without it being an issue? So the question ain't don't need to be asked to the gays. You need to direct it to you toxically masculine men. That's the only point I wanted to make about the word pause. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to leave it at that and move on to the next topic. YK Osiris shared his thoughts about having unprotected sex. Let's take a look. I do not have casual sex without condom or I don't without a condom. I feel like it's nasty. I feel like it's disgusting. Do y'all think it's weird? Now, he even said that he isn't deal. He doesn't like to have uh, oral sex, receive oral sex without a condom. Al, what do you think about this? And are you uh, do you agree with him? I can't say that personally, but I can say this. It's good to see that there's a rapper and a, a person of influence like him promoting safe sex. Now that I am totally here for because we don't we don't. He doesn't have kids everywhere. We don't hear him with all types of women like Future and Nick Cannon. So for me, it, in, in that moment, even though it sounded kind of weird, it was refreshing to see a young, black, successful rapper who has access and money to people like, you know, he's always hanging out with Drake, you know, promoting safe sex. I really, really got into that. But my question here is, Funky, you prefer using condoms during oral sex? Or Claudia, do you do you prefer men using condoms during oral sex? So you always want to be in my business. Um, <laughs> you you not performing oral sex on me with no condom. Um, you, you just not. I'm just not doing that. I think that's if if I was getting oral sex from a hooker, um, then yeah. But if we somebody hooking up, you 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 honestly, if you went to put a condom on me and and to perform oral, I probably would tell you to leave. Um, now intercourse, most definitely. Um, I'll run my I with the exception. I don't want herpes, but I will run my risk of getting whatever gonorrhea or chlamydia from you. You know, perform oral. Because it ain't like I ain't never had it before. And it ain't nothing that a shot up in the ceiling and a week's worth of antibiotics won't kill. But <laughs> Claudia and Al, y'all know about it. No, no. I have never <laughs> had it. <laughs> hey, um, I, I think it's weird that you're about to be in an intimate act with someone and give them oral sex and then put a condom on it. 
how about we normalize maybe not giving oral sex to someone until you kind of know them and trust them and feel no, like no 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 that wasn't my question my question is no, have you, do you give oral sex with a condom on I, no i might as well suck on a banana i mean a, a balloon, <laughs> i'm gonna suck on a balloon with that same that is the sperm is all that you that, that latex like have you ever smelt your hand after you put a condom on it's no, I'm not doing that. And you ain't either. <laughs> you ain't you you ain't either. We might as well just lay down next to each other and talk if, if, <laughs> if, if we gotta reevaluate. Like maybe like let's stop being so casual with just any old person. But, but you know what I will say? If I got with somebody who was adamant about doing that with a condom and I like them, I'd say, you know what, here's the compromise. Tomorrow, let's go to the clinic together and get tested. So we can remove this obstacle from the situation. But you're not going to put plastic on me and then attempt oral. That's just not going to work for me. And I'm right. not sucking out a condom. Absolutely. I'm just and what that. about a man on you with dental dam? Have you ever? Why? <laughs> if you don't trust me, you leave. If you think I'm that trifling, then why are you here? <laughs> you got to put some saran wrap between your tongue. Bye. Oh my Bye. Okay. <laughs> Taylor Swift and her legal team are fighting back in a copyright lawsuit in which Swift is accused of stealing lyrics for her hit song, Shake It Off. Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, wrote, who wrote uh, 3LW's 2000 song, Play Is Gone Play, are accusing Swift of using their words. A Monday court filing insisted that Swift wrote 2014 Shake It Off by herself, while her attorney accused Hall and Butler of trying to cash in on the song's success. In a declaration, Swift said, the lyrics to Shake It Off were written entirely by me. She continued, until learning about plaintiff's claims in 2017, I have never heard of the song Players Gonna Play and never heard of the song or the group 3LW Shade. What are your thoughts on this lawsuit? And do you believe Taylor Swift has never heard of 3LW? Whoever wants to go. Well, Al, let me ask you this because you're the facts guy. What are the lyrics that, that she's been accused of using? Because I, I couldn't figure that the out. The Shake It Off song, right? Right. It's but, a shake it off song, but this is a deal. First of all, Taylor Swift is 32. She was born in 1989. Taylor Swift is a dang on lie. She is lying. Anybody that grew up in the 2000s and you watched the Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, like all the rest of us, um, you knew who 3LW was. In fact, you knew who the Cheetah Girls were, and they had two of the girls from uh, 3LW in the Cheetah Girls. Uh, what are. Uh, Andrea and um, Kylie. Adrian by so, and Kylie. Yeah, so she she tell that is a that is a lie, young lady. Pay them women their money. You do got enough know, money. I know pay the song, but do we know the lyric? That's what I'm trying to get at. Hmm. I, I think a star as big as Taylor Swift, your job is to kind of know these things, and your or if you don't catch it, your team's job is to know you're too big of a star to let something like this kind of fall through the cracks. The reason why I keep asking the question about do we know what the exact lyric is is because it could be possible that whatever the lyric was is became a part of popular culture or just a saying that people say, and she incorporated in the song. That's the only reason why I'm trying to get no, because she didn't she produce it with Max Martin. So they they all are very familiar with with the three LW. I mean, she know who they are. She know their lyrics. She know their music. She's very involved in the creative process in her songs. I don't buy it. All right, Taylor Swift. Well, we will keep you all posted with this breaking news. Okay, I want to thank my co-hosts Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva for having a great time tonight. Thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for Turned Out with T.S. Madison. See y'all Friday. Bye. ASTD free. <laughs> Have a good night, soulmates. Finding the perfect designer isn't easy. 
But at Upwork, we found her. She's in Austin between a dog named Klaus and her favorite shade of green. It's actually Salem Clover. And you can find her right now on Upwork.com. When the world is your workforce, finding the perfect project manager, designer, developer, or whomever you may need tends to fall right into place. Find top-rated talent who can start today on Upwork.com.